news, information, and talk for the Fox Valley. The big one, AM 1280 WBIG, Aurora, Naperville. God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus. Jesus Christ, he is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. He is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and he's now seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your heavenly father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day -day circumstances of life. God's love for you knows no bounds. We have a very exciting program today. We'll hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding our knowing the Christ within, and in the second half hour, we'll have a conversation with musician, songwriter, and minister of God's Word, Sal Arico. We will also play a couple of Sal's songs. Let's start off with this song by Rachel Barbera, Here's all of me. Father, you are beautiful. I want to know you more. I know that it's available because you've given me your word. So with praise in my mouth, I put my heart in your hands. Life far greater than I could have planned. So wake me up early. I want to be with you. I want to give you my heart when the day is new. I know you'll show me what to do. Father, I want to live my life for you. You say, seek my face, Lord, your face will I seek. You say, proclaim my word, boldly will I. You say, hear my word, and Lord, I believe, driven by the love of Christ, here I am, here's all of me. I know you've made me righteous, I know it was not free, and I know what it meant when my Savior died on that tree. I behold in the mirror who you've made me to be. The glory of the Lord, it's Christ in me. So I'm forgetting those things which are behind. I'm pressing on, no, I'm not wasting any time. From my heart to you, from my toes through the roof, Father, I want to live my life for you. You say, seek my faith, Lord, your 
Today's topic, Heart's Desire to Know the Living Christ. I'd like to ask a couple questions. Are we sidetracked by what we are in the flesh, keeping us from knowing who we are in Christ? Or have we relegated the work of God to that of nothing more than a safety net, knowing that we have eternal life? Well, in Philippians chapter 3, we see the Apostle Paul, who according to the standards of the flesh, In the eyes of the world, he had it all. Let's begin in verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Here Paul is literally saying, Look, you think you have your life together in the flesh? Well, I've got you beat. Look at what my life was in the flesh. Here in verse 5, he tells us about his life in the flesh. Circumcised the eighth day. Of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Paul was a full-blooded Jew. He had all the right heritage, and it could be traced back to the tribe of Benjamin. His life mattered in the eyes of the world because of what side of the tracks he came from. He goes on to say, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, in verse 6. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Let's read that verse in the Phillips translation. It might be a little more clear. As far as keeping the law is concerned, I was a Pharisee. And you can judge my enthusiasm for the Jewish faith by my active persecution of the church. As far as the law's righteousness is concerned, I don't think anyone could have found fault with me. That's the Phillips translation. If one were to look at the life of Paul, you would not have found any fault in his flesh. He did all the right things at all the right times. He said all the right words when they needed to be said. He was the kind of guy that if you got to hang out with him, you'd make sure your neighbors and co-workers knew. Let's continue in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. All the worldly prestige, all the privilege, all the accolades of men were nothing but dung to Paul, in light of winning Christ and knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord. Verse 9 goes on and says, And to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Let's look at the Phillips translation once again on that same verse. For now my place is in him, and I am not dependent upon any of the self-achieved righteousness of the law. God has given me that genuine righteousness which comes from faith in Christ. How changed are my ambitions. Now I long to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Paul's ambitions, his desires, his motivations, they changed. The prestige, the worldly acclaim that most strive for, 
no longer had any hold on Paul. He recognized his calling in Christ. He saw his life through the eyes of his Heavenly Father. The value of your life is equal to the value of Paul's life in the eyes of God. Paul's heart was illuminated by the righteousness which comes from believing in Christ. Let's look at verses 13 and 14, still in the same chapter of Philippians. And once again, the Phillips translation. Yet, my brothers, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. But I keep going on, grasping even more firmly that purpose for which Christ grasped me. My brothers, I do not consider myself to have fully grasped I have a hard time saying that word, grasped, it even now. But I do concentrate on this. I leave the past behind, and with hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go straight for the goal. My reward, the honor of being called by God in Christ. The King James Version says, Forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward, or I exert effort toward, the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forget those things which are behind. Yesterday is gone. Forget the rewards of the world's callings and pursue after the reward of God's high calling in Christ. In Philippians 3 here, we see Paul not allowing the distractions and deceitfulness of the rewards of the world to keep him from knowing who he is in Christ. I have to ask you a question, and, and I ask myself the same question. Do you believe God? Do I believe God? Or do we just mentally assent to his word and his working within our hearts and lives? To mental assent is to say what God says, but to never literally act upon what he's said. You know, you and I, we may have a tremendous knowledge of God and his word. We may know all about God, but do we know God? I desire to know God as Abraham knew God. God called Abraham his friend. I desire to know God as Moses knew God. God said he knew Moses face to face. I desire to know God as David knew God. God said David was a man after his own heart. I also desire to know God as my heavenly Father, just as Jesus knew God as his heavenly Father. God said Jesus was his beloved Son, in whom he was well pleased. Today, today is the day to know God. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never arrive. This moment, right now, we have been called to forget the past and to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The Word of God is true. It's not a collection of great stories. It's not philosophies. It's not the ideas of men. The Bible is God's communication to those He loves. Let's read a little bit about that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Another translation reads it as, He has given us every possible spiritual benefit 
as citizens of heaven. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, for our conversation, and conversation is better translated citizenship, for our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, in this world, we may physically live in the United States or Canada or Ireland or, or Russia. Well, this world is going to pass away someday. We are citizens of heaven. Our heavenly citizenship, it transcends. It supersedes our earthly citizenship. The heart of our true calling in our heavenly citizenship looks to heaven for our soon returning Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He, God, has made us, you and I, accepted in the Beloved. You are accepted. I am accepted. Oh, how people today, they try so hard to be accepted of others. Quit trying. <laughs> We're already accepted in the Beloved. Remember Paul in Philippians chapter 3? In his flesh, he was accepted by his peers, but he considered that to be dung in comparison to his acceptance by God. Your heavenly Father has made you accepted according to his standards. He's clothed you in a righteousness which fades not away. Let's look over in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or adequate to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. God has fully equipped us to partake in the inheritance that he has made available for us to be enjoyed through all eternity. You know, the 60, 70, 80, 90 years that we may live here on earth, well, that's not all there is. There is an entire eternity available for God's children, and it's going to go on forever and ever. And it will commence, it will begin on that great and glorious day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Until that moment of his return, we have a life here to live for him. So many today are looking for a purpose in life. Many want to lead a fulfilling life, a life that has meaning. That's understandable. Well, what are we supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? We might ask that, what am I supposed to do? Well, that's a good question. But you know what? It's a question that has an answer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's look there in verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ constrains us. And that constraining of the love of Christ, that love of Christ, that's that love of Christ working within us and urging our hearts to live for him, calling us back to Christ and to the love of God. Continuing in the verse, Because we thus judge that if one, Jesus, died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. There's your purpose. There's my purpose. We are to no longer live for our own desires and the pleasures of the world, but rather we live for God. We serve God. God doesn't serve us. He's not my errand boy doing as I dictate in my prayer life. Sometime, when you have the time, take the time to look at the prayers prayed in the book of Acts 
and the prayers prayed in the church epistles, Romans through Thessalonians. It may surprise you as to what they prayed for compared to what we so often pray for in our prayer meetings. The prayers in Acts and the prayers in Romans through Thessalonians are examples of the prayers that we are to pray today. God has already given us all there is to give in Christ. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are complete in Christ. It literally says in that verse that we are completely, completely, absolutely complete in Him. If we're that complete, are we lacking anything? I don't think so. We have all authority to use the name of Jesus Christ. That name is above every name. Everything in heaven and on earth bows to the name of Jesus. Walk into and live who you are in Christ. Utilize the power and the authority that has been given to you. Let's go back to Colossians in chapter 3. We'll read here verses 1 through 4. Since ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection or your thoughts on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, verse 4, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Our real life is hid with Christ and God. If you want to know who you really are, get to know the living Christ within. Well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get to know the living Christ within me? I'll give us here three keys, and, and I hate to even use the word keys, but, but three steps, and I hate to use the word steps because uh, it's not a method. It's a heart issue. But number one, read the Gospels to see how Jesus Christ loved God and how he loved people. Look at his example of obedience to God and only doing what his Heavenly Father showed him to do. That's number one. Number two, read the church epistles. That's what's addressed to you and me in this day and time. It's in the church epistles, Romans through Thessalonians, where we get to know God as our Heavenly Father and what he's done for us through Christ and what we've received in the greatness of that Holy Spirit. And, you know, when, when it comes to reading the church epistles, I'm not talking about where you mark off 20 minutes every morning and you sit down and put in your 20 minutes. That's not what it's about. But rather, you might spend 20 minutes on one verse. You know, I think we read earlier uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, where it talks about how we're accepted in the beloved. And that right before that, it says we're holy and without blame before God. Well, when you read that verse, meditate on it, dwell on it, think on it. Mull over it in your mind and talk to your Heavenly Father about it. Ask Him to open the eyes of your understanding to the greatness of what that word that you just read means and how it applies to your life today and what He's done for us. That's why I say it's not a method, it's not a form, it's not a step, but rather it's a heart issue. You know, when it comes to reading the church epistles or the Word of God, it's not enough just to read it. Allow it to become living and real by believing what we read. When we believe the written word, well, then we'll live the written word. Let's think God's word. Let's speak God's word. And the third one, which is just as important as the first two, is to operate the manifestations of Holy Spirit in your day-by-day -day walk in life. There's nine manifestations. They're listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
verses 7 through 11. I won't take the time to read through those today, but you could go back to that section of the Scripture and read those. And those manifestations, they are just that. They are evidences of the gift of Holy Spirit which you received at the time of the new birth, when you believed that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and when you confessed Jesus as Lord in your life. It's in the operation of the manifestations and knowing who you are in Christ that you will clearly see the great and high calling the creator of the heavens and the earth has called you to. I can assure you that you will never, never have a boring day in your life when your true identity becomes living and real in your heart and life. You know, I've had glimpses of it at times, but I sure want more. I want it all the time. Humbly but confidently, let's go to our Heavenly Father and let's ask Him to open the eyes of our understanding as we read His Word. He will. Ask Him to teach you to know the Christ within as you really are and for Him to teach you that in your everyday life as you look to serve Him. He will do that for you. He will open the eyes of your understanding. He will teach you how He works within you. One of my all-time favorite verses, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Think on this verse every day. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Insert your own name. For it's God who works within you, Greg. It's God who works within you, Susan. It's God who works within you, Bill, to will and to do of his good pleasure. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained or prepared that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, being a three-part being, body, soul, and spirit. Which of those three is created? The spirit. Well, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Those good works that he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them are works in the Spirit. That Christ within, operating the manifestations of Holy Spirit, signs, miracles, and wonders, those are the good works that God has called us to. Believe that God is who he says he is. Believe that you are who God says you are. To believe is to live accordingly. To believe is to take heed to God's working within your heart and life and then to carry out what he has requested of you to do. The creator of the heavens and the earth, he talks to his children. He talks to you. He makes known his ways and his heart to those that are willing to listen and believe. Let our heart's desire be to know the living Christ within.
Today, our guest is a Christian songwriter, singer, and minister from New York. Whenever I listen to his music or have the privilege to be in a fellowship when he is singing and leading God's people and singing praises to God, I have clearly seen his love for God. He has a wonderful heart for God and God's people. I'd like to welcome Sal Arico. Hi, Sal. Craig, thank you so much. Great to be with you today. Oh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Our first question here today, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your testimony of when you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. Um, my uh, background being that I grew up in New York mostly, most of my life, in, uh, right outside New York City, and uh, to Italian parents and Italian family, and listened to a lot of music, a lot of great Italian music, and was influenced um, by some family members got into music early, but nine years old, I was playing piano, hmm. and uh, just loved it, loved playing piano, loved uh, singing, and then of course you get into your teen years, and I wanted to be in bands, and rock and roll bands, I did go to school, I went to college for music, I studied uh, classical music for a number of years, I uh, was really influenced by some really wonderful people in college, and uh, you know, learned the basics got into bands, got into playing rock and roll, and, and then uh, in my 20s I went down to Florida and was asked to join a band down there and played for a number of years throughout the clubs in Florida, South Florida. And that was really a great learning experience for me because I learned all about uh, arranging music, about structure of music, mm-hmm. um, and uh, especially about working together with a band. But during that time I really started I uh, started looking for uh, a spiritual center, I guess. I wanted to really, I wanted to, to do stuff that encouraged people and that would be, um, would lift people up. Uh, a lot of music that was written was either entertainment or, you know, you'd have music that would be somber and sorrowful. And so um, during that time, I used to play at night in this club. Uh, I'd get there at, say, 10, 10 o'clock at night, and I would play till 3 or 4 in the morning. Mm. So I would sleep till late in the afternoon <laughs> uh, during the day. And I would get up during the day, and I would take um, bike rides out along the beach. And uh, one day, I was riding my bike, and a bike rider came up next to me. 
young man, and he just rode his bike up next to me, and he just said to me, do you believe in eternal life? Wow. And I just looked at him, and I said, what's eternal life? I had, I had been brought up uh, in church, but never really was taught about eternal life. I was taught a lot about being a good person. Mm-hmm. And the reflection of you know what you do and what you think and how you act and all the those great things, but I wasn't never told really about eternal life. So his main question and his I think he was sent of God. I know he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, to just say, do you believe in that? And I was I was really struck by that. So we talked for a while, and he was attending a Bible college down there. He brought me to that college, and um, he bought me a Bible. And mm-hmm. I brought it home. I, I started to uh, uh, read the Bible, but couldn't understand it. I didn't know, you know, I couldn't really make heads or tails of it, so I put it aside. When I moved back up to New York, uh, a year later, I was working at a shop, and someone came in and asked if I wanted to take a, a Bible class and learn how about the Bible, and I screamed, yes! <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I really do. I said, I have a Bible, and I don't know how to read it. I said, I don't understand it. And they said, well, this will teach you how to understand the Bible. And uh, that was uh, really how I got started. And then from then on, the songs that I was writing and the things that I was doing were all geared, again, towards uh, I wanted to lift people up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring people to a greater understanding of God. So songs took on a whole new direction and music took on a whole new direction for me and um, so that's basically a background in, a, in how I got into the word I, I would love to meet this gentleman again one day who rode up to me on the bike mm-hmm. well you might that's be able to at the return of Jesus Christ I, I suppose exactly, right? <laughs> hoping that he comes up to me and tells me I was the guy <laughs> <laughs> or it might be an angel you never know you know that's awesome and that kind of thing happens, you know, and it's been happening all throughout life. My life, I'm sure it's happened in your life, that God intercedes. God loves to do that. He will. He knows the exact moment when you are ready to believe, ready. Mm-hmm. Your heart is ready. And uh, and that's what I think about people, all the people we come in contact with, that he's preparing hearts all over the world. Right. And uh, it could be a word we speak to someone. It could be as simple as asking them that kind of a question or... It could be a song, a lyric, one one line, mm-hmm. and that could bring someone's heart uh, to reconciliation with God. Uh, so you never know, and that's what makes life exciting. Right, right. Well, I know that you write most of the songs that you sing, and you do a tremendous job at what you do write with the heart and how you communicate God's word. Were you writing songs before you became a Christian, uh, or yeah. did you start after? being born again. No, I was I was writing um even in college, you know, we were told to write uh classical pieces, I mm-hmm. did scores. And then uh in during those years in Florida, I started writing a lot of music, but they were all you know, they were they were based upon relationships usually. Mm-hmm. Most songs uh secular songs are based on relationships between man and woman, you know. Right. Uh, so uh and Half of them usually are sad, you know, a broken relationship, a hurt heart. So I wrote a lot of songs like that. But I did see that I was looking to to write, like I said before, some some things that was that would give people 
encouragement, you know, and, and uh, so I, I, I did see I was trying to go in that direction. I remember, uh, you know, writing a song called The Light mm -hmm. before I got born again, and I've listened to it, you know, over the years, and I said, yeah, I was definitely searching, so God was preparing my heart. Songs then, yeah, they definitely were more secular, and uh, um, but even even when I started writing songs as a Christian, I I was still um, in that mode, like I said, of being the good person and you know watching. Uh, I remember the first lyric I wrote. I said, "When I was a kid, I'd often heard that God was out to get me." That was the first lyric I wrote in a song. Wow. <laughs> That's what I felt. Yeah. God was out yeah. to get me. Right, right. You know, that he was watching, and then the next line said, I feared that he would hear my every thought, you know, mm. see my every thought. Uh, uh, and, you know, so it was that, and that was ingrained into my thinking. Right. It was just, he was watching you to watch out that you, you made, uh, you were making mistakes, and he was going to hit you over the head with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. But now you sort of look at it this way, too. He was out to get you, to get you and his family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was out he was to get out you. To get me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he did. Right. Boy, right. did he get me. Yes, thank God. Thank God. Um, are there any prominent Christian or secular artists that you would consider to have had an impact on your music? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've listened to uh, a number of different people, and I, I do draw... I like to draw from a lot of different styles, um, but there's a, an artist that I love dearly. His name is uh, Dean Ellenwood. Oh, Dean Ellenwood, yes. Well, early in my Christian music uh, 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 you know, writing, I definitely loved listening to his music. It's just I love his style, I love his uh, the way he writes and the heart behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also um, in the business end of it, there's Stephen Curtis Chapman I love, and uh, um, there's a band that I recently really, really like. I love pop songs. I love really great pop songs. Mm -hmm. So uh, this band, uh, Big Daddy Weed. Is oh, yeah. Stuff. But I, I do, I try and draw from a lot of different people, a lot of different styles. That's great. Do you have a favorite song that you wrote and you really enjoy singing maybe above all others? And if so, why? Yeah, that's a tough one because, you know, uh, I remember uh, hearing a quote years ago by Duke Ellington. He said, uh, my favorite song is the one I'm working on now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of true, you know. You're always into that new one. and mm -hmm. uh, I do enjoy... You know, a lot of the songs, they're like your kids, you know, you just, you work on them, you, you enjoy them, you, uh, there are songs that I've played for people that, you know, I really do enjoy. I, I'd have to say, um, that I enjoy playing, a song I enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing songs for r different reasons, and I'd have to, you know, kind of narrow it down, because there's, a, there's songs we sing... Like my wife, Linda, and I sing praise. We love to sing praise songs. Mm -hmm. We love to write praise songs. So whenever we do that, there are songs that we've done, uh, like uh, uh, God You Are is a song that we wrote. And when I sing that, we 
saying that it just it takes us and the audience and the congregation to a whole other level because we're singing it all together. Um, there's another song that we wrote called um, "I Will Lift You High," mm-hmm. and I've always I just always love singing that song because it's it's doing something for us all because you know music was designed by God. First of all, he made music. He made everything. Right. But he gave us music so that we could have a voice. You know, we have a voice to express. And uh, even the music expresses certain things. So first and foremost, I think, it's for praise. And when we sing that song together, we do lift not only ourselves, but the congregation to a higher level, praise to God. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that's just exciting to have a whole congregation singing together with you. Right. So that's one type of a song that I love to do. And then the other is a performance song where you're ministering to someone and you're ministering to people in the audience. And that, that's giving them, again, you're giving them a, a, an expression of lyric that once they take it into their heart, uh, it can change their heart. It can change their life. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there's another song I love to do, which is called Apple of My Eyes. That, um, that's the perspective of God singing mm-hmm. to people. So right. there's one aspect of praise where we're singing to God, and then there's the other one where you give a, like a message. <laughs> right. You're giving a message to people from God, and it can really touch people's hearts, and like I said, it can change them. Well, you know, I think what we'll do right now is we'll play one of those songs. We'll play I Will Lift You High.
Sal, could you share with us a time when you were ministering through music where you saw the mighty hand of God's deliverance in someone's life? Yeah, absolutely. There's been a number of times. One in particular was the first time I performed the song uh, Apple of My Eye. I remember writing the song and uh, my wife Linda was, was there with me and we were kind of collaborating and throwing it out. It, it was a different song for me to write because it did come from the perspective of God's heart, singing to a person and just tenderly, really tenderly telling that person how important you are to God. Uh, so it was very different, and I knew God was inspiring it. So um, after the song was finished, um, I was going to play it the next day, and uh, I had been sitting in the uh, congregation, and the individual who was leading the congregation said, Sal, do you have a song to sing? 
and I knew that was God. It was the invitation <laughs> to play this song. God wanted it done. So I got up and started singing it, and it took everything in me not to, to start weeping as I was singing the song. Mm-hmm. But I could see uh, and feel what God was doing in the room as the song was being sung. And uh, people got healed during that time, ministered to and healed. And it was really because uh, of the combination of two things. You have the, the words that were from God, but also the, the music. And I think the tenderness of the music and the sounds of the, the tones, I think really, when they put together like that, uh, they can really affect a person's um, mental, physical, and spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a really awesome moment. I'll never forget it because you could palpably feel <laughs> right. the presence of God uh, ministering, moving through the room as the, uh, the song was being sung. Mm. And again, I, I, I go back to this many, many, many times. It's not about us, really. Mm-hmm. This is all about, you know, it's all about God doing the work, and we're just privileged to be a part of it. Um, like I said before, that, you know, music is of God. Right. It's his, it's his creation. And when we use it for the right purpose, it's going to have His effect. You know, mm-hmm. It's going to produce what He wants to produce. So, um, an awesome thing to behold. Yeah, that's wonderful. Music has got really so many layers to it, especially on a spiritual level when it's the Word of God that inspires the notes and it's the Word of God that's being sung in the lyrics. Very powerful. It is. And like I said, the uh, the original intent, I think, of music was to give, give us all um, a voice, mm-hmm. an expression. And uh, we can do that in many ways. Can do it in praise. Can do it ministering. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as David did, he he played music, and uh, devil spirits left. Right. Ball. So it has so many great effects if we use it the way God intended it. Mm-hmm. Well, in closing, Sal, is there anything on your heart today that that God's working in your heart that you'd like to share with the listeners to encourage us? toward God and toward His Word? I would love to. Uh, you know, I, I really believe, and I know you do, that God loves us. And that love that He has for us is uh, much bigger than we understand. But we, we get to understand it through Jesus Christ. And the more we, we accept uh, His will in our lives uh, pertaining to Jesus Christ, the more joy and the more uh, fullness, the more power we'll see, the more um, the more wisdom. Everything that is of God will really pour into our lives. So my encouragement is um, to, to spend more time with the, the greatest one who loves you. Uh, spend more time. If, thing, if things aren't going right in your life, and I know that all of us go through this, I have. I've gone through very difficult times, and uh, 
when I do go through those times, I have to really go back to my foundational truth, which is that God loves me. And that's, that's the greatest place to go to. Right. Uh, the greatest place to be is to always be in that surrounding of God's love. Then everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we spend a lot of time trying to make all the get all the loose ends together and get all the details of our lives together. God will take care of those. We just need to spend more time with Him. And uh, but my encouragement is to spend more time with, with God, prayer, listening, reading His Word, and then actively pursuing doing what He says, mm-hmm. so that we experience that love, that outpouring of love in our daily lives. So. That's wonderful. That's just such a important thing to remember, that God loves us, and uh, His love knows no bounds. Amen. Well, Sal, I really appreciate your time today, and if our listeners wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way for them to reach you? They could get in touch with me on my website, uh, which is www.salarico.com. Okay. Or Facebook, I'm on there, and uh, would love to hear from people. Great. I'll put a link... Uh, to both your website and your Facebook link on our website so that that way people could click that and have quick access to you. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you sharing your heart and your life. Thanks, Greg. I, I completely appreciate it, and I'm so thankful for you. And, uh, thanks for this wonderful opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. God bless you. Bless you, too. God bless Tenderly I watch 
over you Because I love you so My child Precious are you in my sight For you are the apple of my eye You are the salt of the earth You are the lights of this world Beloved, now are you the sons of God my strength is your strength, my power is your power, so be strong, my children have no fear, be strong and know that I am here, be strong, encourage with my word, be strong, my children have no fear When you were hurt by some unkind word I dried the tears from your eyes Remember, my children, that I'm for you And forever you'll be by my side because I love you so my child tenderly I watch over you because I love you so my child precious are you in my side What a beautiful song. That's the apple of my eye. And that's what God considers you and I to be, the apple of his eye. That was Salarico. I do want to close out here with a couple verses in Ephesians. And remember in the teaching I mentioned a little bit about looking at the prayers in the epistles. And the prayers that we read in the epistles are the prayers that you and I can pray. And in light of knowing the Christ within, Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then here in verse 17 it says, What he makes mention of specifically for the believers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, or the eyes of your heart, being enlightened that you might know and there's three things here in this Ephesians prayer that we might know what is the hope of his calling number one what has God called us to number two what are the riches of the glory of his God's inheritance in the saints in you and I 
God's inheritance in this whole thing is you and I. We are what God gets out of this deal. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. And the third thing, what is the exceeding greatness of his power, God's power, to usward who believe? When we believe, what is the exceeding greatness of the power that is available that we can operate in our life by utilizing the authority and the name of Jesus Christ? What an awesome privilege we have to have such a loving Heavenly Father that cares for each one of us individually and sees each one of us as an individual within his family. Not one of us has missed his love and care and concern and his grace and his mercy that he shows towards us is never-ending, and he shows the greatness of that in the giving of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm really thankful that you took time to listen today, and I want to also thank our guest, Sal Arico. It was a privilege to be able to hear from him and play a couple of his songs. All of the Solution Radio shows are archived. That's at thesolutionradioshow.com. And you can re-listen there at your convenience. At the website, there's also links to the websites of our guests, our musicians, and our sponsors. And there's also a a page on the website for upcoming events. Coming up pretty quick, actually, in a couple weeks, there's a link there to the Believer's East Coast Weekend. That's in Maryland, July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And then here in Naperville, there's going to be a Young Believer's 20s and 30s only weekend. That's July 24th through the 26th. And you can get information on the website for both of those events. If you'd like your event listed, don't hesitate to contact me, and I'll put it on the website, info at thesolutionradioshow.com. That's how you can send me an email. A reminder here, too, that the Praise Line, it's open 24 hours a day, where you may call in and you can give a testimony of God's working in your heart and your life. I'd love to hear from you on the Praise Line. The number, and it's a toll-free number, is 844-705-3410. We'll play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Once again, that number, 844-705-3410. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. We're looking to expanding the broadcast to other radio stations. And once again, due to the wonders of modern technology, I know I've mentioned in the past some of the countries that do listen to the program through the Internet uh, replay And we've added this week Russia and the Philippines, which is really pretty cool. Then there's also the Netherlands, England, France, Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, Croatia, Germany, Italy, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. Um, I've also got two pamphlets available, You Are Righteous Now and The Solution. If you send me your mailing address, I'll send you one free of charge. P.O. Box is our address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and financial giving. Thank you very much. Our sponsors, the Carter Group, Mortgage Springs in Colorado Springs, Morningstar Computer. Have an awesome day. God bless you. You are God's best. You're tuned to The Big One, AM 1280, WBIG, Aurora, Naperville.